The four jobs of every human, we must earn and manage money. Everyone has to make a living. So that's job one. Job number two is health and fitness, you know, which is something you and I have been involved with for a long time. It's sort of been our bread and butter, the work that we do. Then there's personal relationships, and that has to do with our family and our friends. Then the final one, which is what you and I talk about a lot, the idea of purpose and meaning. And when you are tapped into these different things, you have a much easier time feeling happier, centered, more in joy, more fulfilled. We all, every single one of us, suffer in one or more of these areas at any one time. There's nothing wrong with that, but being a next level human is about saying, okay, let me be aware of these four jobs. Let me look and be honest about how well I'm doing them, and then let me grow and learn to get better at them. Because if I can't do my four jobs, I can't contribute fully my gifts to Team Human. That's Dr. Jay Tita, and this is episode 293 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. This is Josh Trent. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Today is a really good day. Don't you agree? We're still breathing. We're still here. If you're like all of us in the Wellness Force community, you're grateful. And you're always looking to discover the next level of physical and emotional intelligence so we can live our life well. Well, today we're learning exactly how to do this with my wellness brother, my great friend, Dr. Jade Tita. This is Jade's second time on the show, and we're talking about his newest venture. After decades in health and wellness, he's the author of his latest book, Human 365, Daily Meditations to Becoming a Next Level Human. This concept of being a next level human, this is what Jade and I discussed on his rooftop deck in Los Angeles, live and in person. We got a little suntan. (laughs) If you haven't heard of Jade, you're in for a total treat. This man is such a good friend of mine. He's a naturopathic doctor. He's a podcaster. He's a world-renowned lecturer in mindset and muscle and metabolism. He graduated from Bastyr University and is well-known for being a leader of the Metabolic Effect fitness program, wellness program. It absolutely crushed it for so many years and helped people let go of a lot of weight. This deep background that he has in natural medicine and fitness and life coaching, it's allowed him to be featured in the Huffington Post and T Nation, Fox News, Women's Health Prevention. Basically, Jade is world-class. This man is a gem of a human being. And in this podcast, we're exploring together why the new alpha male is actually the authentic male. We talk about why the next level human has six powers that Jade has created for his students, including perception, ownership, wisdom, engagement, resolve, and sharing. We talk about the four jobs every human gets to master in order to truly live their life well, including finances, fitness, and health, personal relationships, and purpose. We also talk about the role of humanity's evolution towards raising consciousness, how we can take an objective look at the childhood stories that may or may not be true that are potentially running our adult lives. Oh, and one last thing. This is one of my favorites. Jade was the creator of a phrase that I've been saying for two years. Don't fake it until you make it, be it until you see it. 
let that drop for a minute. I mean, this came from Jade. This is a powerful podcast. I know you're going to love. And before we get in there, I want to give a huge shout out to Organifi. Organifi has been a loyal show sponsor for over two years. They've been supporting Wellness Force and they've been supporting my sleep. I back up my sleep with my Aura Ring, the data from my Aura Ring, and this gold superfood powder, this sleep product, you know we're all doing the best we can when it comes to nutrition and movement. But let's face it, if sleep sucks, we're walking around drunk. We're going to make poor choices all day. Believe me, I've been there. I use the Organifi Gold Superfood Powder. It's got turmeric, reishi, lemon balm, turkey tail. These adaptogens let me sleep soundly. These plant adaptogens, adaptogens go way deep down to the cell. They actually activate parts of our cells that are needing that nourishment and needing that micronutrient delivery. These adaptogen blends have been scientifically validated to potentially help yield more quality sleep, which is what we all deserve, especially for busy moms and dads or those of us who have trouble sleeping at night from the incessant monkey mind. You know, the voice that's like, did I take out the trash? Let that go. If this sounds like you, you've been having trouble sleeping, give Organifi Gold a test drive. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Use code wellness force. You get 20% off. It's a huge discount because you're here in the community with us. Fill up your cart, get some gold, get a bunch of products, support the show sponsor that supports wellness force and support your better sleep to get 20% off too. Just go to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force guys. Use the code wellness force. You get the hookup and you get better sleep. Now let's jump in live and in person on the rooftop in the sunshine in Los Angeles with the one and the only Dr. Jade Tita. Jade Tita. What's up, homie? We are on your deck <laughs> in Los Angeles, man. Thank you for this conversation. I've been having some good conversations with you for like a day and a half now. I know, same. We need to capture all of those, man. So where do you want to start? We can start with what is. Like, let's start with the reality of what we're doing on this planet as men. Uh, this next level human is fascinating to me. This yeah. is your brand that you've been working on for two years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The next level human, what is this all about? What is JT's next evolution? You, well, it's, it's, it goes to what you and I were sort of talking about before. I mean, you, it's funny. You said you know, one of the things Josh said to me when we, we just hooked up. He came up to visit in L.A. because he had some stuff here. And he, he made a comment to me, he said, you know, if you're not here to do good, then what the hell are you doing here? And I have the same kind of th- thought you have. I'm like, if we're not here to help, then why are we on this planet? And that to me is what Next Level Human is all about. It's about that idea that you can exist and you can kind of be here for you know, your kids or show up for your job or love your parents or all that kind of stuff. But what are you doing for Team Human? And how are you making a difference? Not legacy in the idea that, you know, ego-based legacy. Like, I want someone to remember Jade Tita because of, you know, all the things I've done. And I want to, you know, you to remember me after I'm gone. It's more that I want to make a difference in the world and know that when I'm gone, I contributed to the greater good. Whether or not anyone recognizes it or acknowledges it at all, Yeah, that's about being a next level human the Taking- next level hu- it's such an amazing metaphor too because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to in the personal development world be your best self you know who are you becoming there's all these catchphrases and whatnot yeah. but it's pretty self-explanatory to me man yeah. next level human the next level what is that exactly the next level of being a human yeah and it, you know what it's not higher level for a very important reason you and i talked about it's not higher level because higher level says i'm better than you so in you know at I don't know if you know um you know Carl Jung right and Freud most yes. of us know those two well the other yes. big uh guy in that uh the first three of the major psychologists was Adler 
And Adler, Adlerian psychology, says this. It says we should look for not vertical hierarchies, but horizontal hierarchies. And what that means is essentially this. Most people think, I'm above you, and I want to keep you down. Or maybe I'll bring you up to me. Or maybe you're above me, and I'm reaching to get to you, right? We have this idea, but the horizontal hierarchy is that maybe you're on the football field, and you're on the 80-yard line, and I'm on the 20-yard line. But on the soccer field, I'm on the 90, and you're on the 10. In other words, each of us humans has something uniquely beautiful to contribute Mm -hmm. on this planet, and it's everybody has that no matter what domain that they're in so there is no higher level human there's just the next level human where are you on your education like there's things that you and only you can teach me and And vice versa and vice versa Mm -hmm. and we go out on the street here in los angeles and you will find people you know out on the street who will teach you things that you could not possibly know without running into them so each of us are contributing something to the world part of Part of what I believe is that uh, ownership about what we contribute is one of the most important things we need to do as we mature as humans. And that's part of the path of the next level human. You gave me the book. Uh, when did that book come out? Uh, which one? The Human 365? Uh-huh, the Human that 365. Out, um, February. It was supposed to come out January, but <laughs> it's like I'm always behind. So It has um, almost like a choose your own philosophy adventure element to it where nobody has to read it start to finish. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can if they want to, but they can flip to a section that resonates with them. I, I like that yep. about it. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking yesterday about like these core principles. Like if you're going to be a human, then you get to do four things really, really well. Yeah. You know, what are these four things, man? Yeah. The four jobs of every human, we must earn and manage money, right? So you and, you and I were talking about the idea. There's three aspects to that. You got to earn, you got to save, you got to manage. And I was telling you, I've been really good at earning and really shitty at managing <laughs> and saving. Yeah. So, but we have to do that job. And some people cringe at that a little bit because they're like, oh, I don't like it being about money. But we have to make a living. Everyone has to make a living. So that's job one. Job number two is health and fitness, you know, which is something you and I have been involved with for a long time. It's sort of been our bread and butter, the work that we do. Health and fitness, we must attain and maintain our health. Can't do anything else if we're sick. Yeah. Then there's personal relationships, and that has to do with our family and our friends and, you know, our romantic partners and our social tribe. Would you throw ki- children in there as well in that absolutely. category? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. This is this is where we manage all those social interactions. We humans are not islands unto ourselves. We are social creatures above all else. We can't function without every human, other humans. So we have to manage that aspect. And then the final one, which is what you and I talk about a lot when we're together, is yeah. the idea of purpose and meaning. And this gets into the mental, emotional, spiritual realm of things. We must feel like we matter and we're making a difference. Those four jobs are non-negotiable. The funny thing is nobody teaches these. We need mentors. Like I need you and uh, people like you to educate me in those areas that I have not. I can't get a degree in it. I got to go. Like, for example, one of the things that I'm, um, Josh is helping me with is I want to go down and start to explore some of these things with the plant medicines that I can only get from you to facilitate that for me, that growth. Just like there's things that you can only get from someone like me, but we can't get it in school. Mm -hmm. And to me, these four jobs are imperative. We all must do these four things. 
And a lot of us are honestly failing at one or more. I know I am. Well, because these four things, I mean, there's a constant balance with all of these. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, have you ever seen somebody juggle plates or pins or something? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what these four things feel like in our lives at some point. And I, I felt this for sure where, you know, maybe my health and fitness was strong or but then my finances were weak. And then I would in the past year, I've been really focused on money, but then my health and fitness kind of suffered a yep. little bit. And now I'm like dating this lady and, and it's beautiful. And that that category is being filled, the relationship category. But then another category will kind of suffer. And I feel like these four cups are being filled and emptied at all fucking times. It's like being on <laughs> one of those stools, right, where you're like shifting back and forth and you can never... All four, you know, legs are never on the ground at the same time. It's yeah. like you're kind of moving around. It feels like that. And I agree with you. But as we get sort of more in our rhythm and our maturity as we grow, I think that idea of juggling those should be getting better. It's just that what a lot of people do yeah. is they just essentially just don't even put in the work or settle in a particular area. For example, I know a lot of people, and I know you do as well because we've talked about this, I know a lot of guys who just go, their whole thing is relationship-oriented. All they do is put all their emphasis on a romantic relationship, and then they let the financial jobs suffer and the health and fitness jobs suffer. And then, of course, every human is looking at every other human. My theory on this, and tell me what you think about this, but I think we subconsciously, as humans, look at others and say, how well are they doing their four jobs? And then, especially in a romantic partner, that romantic partner is going to be like, well, if you can't do your four jobs well, that makes me have a harder time to do my four jobs, mm-hmm. and everything feels shaky. I feel like, in a sense, that's why these relationships oftentimes will will sort of dissipate. And then what happens? All of a sudden you go, oh, now I can focus on my four jobs again. You get back in shape. You make a little bit more money. But then you yeah. get in another relationship, and the whole thing falls down again. And this is the game that we often play. This is the game, man. And I feel like, you know what's the undercurrent of all four of these things is there is a enjoyment and maybe a hedonistic or just like being in the happiness and in the enjoyment of life as well. Like these four things are very important. And then also so is enjoying that these four things exist and enjoying the process too. Yeah. Like that's as equally important as this. Yes, Because I feel like all maybe these are four pillars that sit on a foundation of connection, joy, happiness, fulfillment. Like it's kind of like all in the same bedrock in a way. Yeah. This is what it feels like to me. Well, yeah. And let me, so let me ask you this. This is just an interesting thing. Let's take finances for example. Do you feel like um, when you're making more money and have no financial stress that you feel more happy and fulfilled? Absolutely. Right. And, and so do I. And that's, that's uh, one of these things where it's like, all right, and with, when your health and fitness is in order, do you feel more energetic, more confident to go out and talk to people and or even to work on your business? Go to the beach and take the shirt off. That too. Exactly. Yes. All I, that would say, I would say hell yes. So I would, I would agree with you then that to me, I feel, feel it's the same way. When you are tapped into these different things, you have a much easier time feeling happier, centered, more in joy, more fulfilled, because you know you've taken care of these basic things that every human has to do. Now, of course, we all, every single one of us, suffer in one or more of these areas at any one time. And most of us are struggling with all four. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But being a next level human is about saying, okay, let me be aware of these four jobs. Let me, number two, look and be honest about how well I'm doing them and then let me grow and learn to get better at them because if I can't do my four jobs, I can't contribute fully my gifts to the team human. Yeah, you know what? The the fourth category, the fourth pillar, like 
if men specifically, and I can only speak from this because I have a man's mind and I'm in a man's body, yep. but for men specifically, like I've heard this from many, many people that lecture. There's even a TEDx about this where the second leading cause, I believe, of death in the UK is men that have lost their brotherhood. It's men that are actually suffering with loneliness yep. Yep. Uh, above the age, I think, of 40 or 50. It's the second leading cause. You would think it'd be something else. But I think about this fourth pillar that you've designed, purpose, legacy, fulfillment. If that's not in place for the masculine, for men specifically, yep. there's trouble in the waters. Because then the other, where's the motivation to even fulfill the other three? Yep. If that fourth one isn't solid. Yeah, I um, it's funny. I love talking about the whole male thing with you because one of the things I always tell Josh, and you know, I think people should know, it's really interesting. Is I know he coaches me a lot on this, it, but I have this thing with where we are in the male space right yes, now, yes. and we were talking about this. And I think Josh has a little bit more. He's more balanced in this regard, but I'll share my opinion on this, and some of you will agree or disagree. And then I want to get Josh's input on yeah. this. But my opinion is we're in this weird place where we have, on the one hand, we got the sort of old school, I'm a male, I'm going to peacock around, I'm going to flex my muscles, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win. I want to win and just beat beat you, basically. This is like John Wayne, basically. The John, Wayne, John Wayne male, exactly. Yeah. It's it's sort of, and you see this, uh, you know, in the bravado of someone like a Donald Trump, let's say. There's this, yeah. this cockiness and arrogance and um, way of being. And then on the other side of things, in the new age world, if we, if we want to say new age or spiritual realm, there's this these men that show up a lot like the feminine, maybe too much, where they're always talking about their feelings and they're always talking about, you know, the the idea that we need to be in our feminine and be more balanced. And I agree 100%, but this to me over here, this John Wayne guy seems contrived and inauthentic mm -hmm. and toxic in a sense. And this over here feels weak and a little wishy-washy and mushy to me as a man. It almost feels like uh, we're missing something. So to me, I like the idea of marrying that sort of warrior mentality that I take care of my job and and do my shit and I'm ready to win and be ambitious and charge forward and stand on the front lines and marry it a little bit more with the ability not not defaulting to, but the ability to open up and talking about emotions and be vulnerable and things like that, but not to live in either one of these states. I'm not so sure that's healthy. I think, you know what I think, man, and that's what I want to get your opinion on. Yeah. I really think that we lose the nuance when we're talking about men. To me, a strong man is a man who is neither of these things but both and knows when to pull them out, knows when to shut the hell up and do their job and be the warrior, and also knows when to open up, share their feelings, and be the healer. Instead of living in I, – I, I get – I'm mixed up when you start living in either one of these too much. I, I just want to hear yes. your thoughts because you have the best thoughts on this. Well, dude, they have their own unique pull, don't they? Like, So we live in duality all the time. In your living room, there's a yin-yang, right? Mm -hmm. Right in your living room. And that is actually the metaphor of this masculine, feminine, John Wayne versus the spiritual white robe dude at – that eats vegan at Encinitas 24-7. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so there is like extremes to any category. And there's an extreme in the category of the older kind of mindset masculine where it's like the strong Gary Cooper silent type yep. where they didn't express emotion and women had their place. And, but they're, they're also in that, in that category. There's also that warrior heart and that warrior mm -hmm. spirit. So to delete one category would, would not be 
really positive for either one. And then on the other side, there's the flowy kind of new age spiritual. I'm going to talk about my emotions all the time. I'm going to process my emotions with my lady. And like that can tend to turn women off. And I would think if you really asked a woman point blank, do you like it when your man is oversharing, overexpressive, processing with you? I would say that most of them would say absolutely not yep. because there is this balance. It's a polarity issue, right? So David Dita talks about the polarity between men and women. And with this polarity, it's literally like a battery. You know, if you connect a negative cable on a battery, power starts to flow through it. And that's what actually drives the car. Yeah. But if you had two negative poles or two positive poles, there'd be no charge. Mm-hmm. So the old school masculine, they definitely had that charge. They created the polarity. The new school masculine, they can create that polarity too, because sometimes, man, depending on the situation of life, it is time and it does have a proper context to go there with your woman, Mm -hmm. to be in a space of connection, open heartedness, or even vulnerability, which the old school masculine doesn't even like that Mm -hmm. term, right? We talked a lot about that. So I feel like, I feel like you're right, man. It's about creating more of an emotional bandwidth between the two archetypes and saying, you know what? There's moments where I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to be the strong, silent type. And there's moments when I'm going to sit there and just hold space for my woman as she processes. And then I'm going to process with her. And I think it's this really like, it's a sharpening of an intuitive sword as to what category we go into when we're with a a female partner. I think that's really the awareness of, are we being intuitive to go to the soft, strong or to the soft type? Are we going to be the strong type? I think it's a combo of both. Yeah, I, I love you used the term when we were talking before. Uh, you said intuitive vulnerability. Intuitive and I, vulnerability. I like the idea of that because then it's basically you're not your de- I don't like the idea of your default is to always be unloading and being vulnerable and being open because sometimes that's inappropriate. So I, I, yeah. I, I go, you know, we need to be as men um, flexible in that regard. And honestly, I feel like. These men have existed always. And you know what it, it reminds me of? And tell me what you think it is. But it reminds me of the, the uh, charisma idea. The idea, like we know in research, what are the attributes of charisma? Charisma is power, it's presence, and it's warmth. And I feel like if we look at a charismatic male, that charismatic male who exhibits power, presence, and warmth all together, which is not easy to do, that's the kind of guy that I'm talking about. It's not all power all the time, and I'm just going to beat you and win. And it's not all warmth all the time just to fit in, right? But it's all of those. And I think, um, you know, I think if you take your, your term, intuitive vulnerability, I think, or um, boundary-heavy yeah. vulnerability, meaning that I'll be, I'll be available to be vulnerable with you, but I also have my boundaries and where I, where I will go and where I won't go. And also being empathetic and um, understanding enough to know when to be a particular way as a man is really what we're talking about. And that's a, that's a lot for, you know, maybe a young man to sort of pick up on. And it's a lot for even like a guy my age, you know, in his forties to <laughs> yes. kind of, to kind of, to kind of master. But I think it starts with the new alpha male from my perspective is the authentic male so wherever you lie on that spectrum just be your authentic self and then work on these power presence warmth principles yeah because we can all benefit if we want to do our job and make a difference that's how we need to be to connect with other humans also there's an evolution of 
what it means to be a woman and the feminine energy like in the world. There's a massive evolution of that right now. And I feel like that evolution has yielded a certain demand for um, a performance of the masculine, right? Yeah. So I've even said this term before, like women want more now than ever a spiritual Superman. Mm -hmm. Like they want a man who can have sex with them, take out the garbage, pay the bills, mm -hmm. hold space, be there, be emotionally vulnerable and write them poetry. And like, yeah, yeah <laughs> we can do all these things, but we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. Yet, yet this upright of the feminine where now you see women in greater positions of power and women are able to express themselves and like the dynamics of marriage and sexuality like jade shit's changing so fast yeah things are up leveling so fast so right now the, that that spiritual superman i feel like we're all kind of putting on a cape in a way yeah and this is what it senses to me in the single community you know you're single too right you're dating yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your sense on that like what's your sense on the spiritual superman well I think rightly so that women would want that. And because I do, um, I consider myself a feminist and I think women have been playing the spiritual female superwoman for a very long time. Now. Yeah. Careers, family, run, managing everything, even managing the orgasms in the bedroom. They manage their own orgasm and they, they manage you know, the, their man's orgasm so he can feel like he's done something. You know, women are in charge of all of this stuff. They're managing all the emotions. All, of course, they want a guy to step up and be like, I'm doing a lot. I expect you to begin doing a lot as mm -hmm, well. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think that so then if we go, OK, well, men, should we be pushing to be supermen, our best selves in that regard? Yes, we should. But we also have to be able to be um, compassionate with ourselves and realize that we're going to fail at this job a lot. But, yeah, I do think we should be reaching for that. I think we should be doing our four jobs really well as men. I feel like we should be pushing, you know, our spiritual, mental, emotional growth. I think we should be being open and communicative as much as possible and not forgetting, and this is the hard part, that the power principle of male still needs to be honored. And I think that's the part potentially that we miss. I mean, uh, Superman, you know, that idea that I can be strong yes. is critical i think if we lose that dude like that's the to me that's the critical element of men and by the way i think it's the critical element of women too by the way women have the male strength is slightly different than the female strength but they are both immensely powerful and strong and i think we've undervalued the female strength and we've overvalued the male strength now just because we've done that i don't think we should then just give up on the male strength it's yeah. important look at clark kent clark kent was superman but in his day life, he was like attentive and listening and he was compassionate. Mm -hmm. He was um, attuned to the partner. What was her name? Lois Lane yep, or whoever yep, she was. Exactly. So that is actually a beautiful archetype. And you and I in your living room, man, we talked about the hero's journey. Yeah. You know, separation, initiation, return. I feel like as a collective men and women together, we're all together experiencing the return on a hero's journey. I think like humanity right now is on a leg of the hero's journey. Yeah. Like we had, dude, think about what happened with, this is a big high conceptual view. Think about what happened with the Holocaust and women's suffrage and racism. We went through a nasty initiation mm -hmm. as a species. Now we've come around full circle and we're trying to figure out what did we actually learn, yeah. you know, as a, as a species. And I feel like we're at such a powerful time right now and people aren't honoring the time we're actually in. We have so much abundance, dude. Look at what we're doing. <laughs> we're on a roof deck recording a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like this is the times that we live in. Mm -hmm. What's your sense on where we are in the hero's journey? Because I think this relates to the masculine feminine potential polarity. No, I actually love that you brought that up. And I think we're at a, 
I think we're at a tenuous time, actually, in my opinion. I, I agree with you that we are. You think we're still in the initiation? No, no. I think I think we've made the loop and we're coming around. But you know how, like, yeah. when through the hero's journey, you you have this sort of lightning strike moment where everything changes. We've kind of had that. You alluded to that. But then there's this key insight that happens at the end of this journey that allows the the thing to complete. And that key insight. I think we're just now understanding, which is essentially this. For example, there's, and I know a lot of my, you know, because I have two, live in two worlds. I live in Los Angeles, which is, and then I live in North Carolina. I have, <laughs> you got the hippies and the, I the, got the hippies hard workers. And, 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 the, and the blue collar good <laughs> yeah, old boys who yeah. are like, you know, so I get it from both sides. And what I think is important is that we get the lessons we need. As a matter of fact, a lot of people, Trump is an example, right? We're talking right now, this episode, Donald Trump is our president. Trump, to me, represents, are we going to get the key insight? Because he represents the old way. And the backlash, it always happens when we try to level up. Anytime we try to level up as a person or through humanity, what happens is there's a lot of growth that comes with that. And I, I look at Donald Trump, is trying people like that and that whole world is trying to hold back that growth and every time we level up you'll have a whole group of people trying to hold us back we need to push forward and i hope we do we will regardless we will we will regardless but that's why i hesitate to say where we've made the big difference because i think uh trump and that whole you know sort of cadre of individuals tends to hold want to hold back progress we have to keep moving forward yeah and as we move forward there's tons of lessons that are going to come up. Like we live in a time where we've never been so connected yet. Also, man, we're so disconnected. Yep. Like we were talking yep. about this last night. There are people like that have affluent lifestyles and that can kind of manage polyamory and do all these explorative practices when it comes to relationships. Yep. But it's also because they just have less to lose. The family unit now, the lessons that we're learning as this collective unfolds, the family unit now is so different than how it was designed. Like back in the day, 2000 years ago, we might have been able to like help out and raise kids in a village and have multiple partners because we were all there. Yeah. We live in apartment complexes. We're in the jungle, dude. We're in the concrete jungle here. Yeah. So it's not designed that way anymore. And I think there's a relearning of what it means to be in relationship, one of your pillars. Yeah. This is a massive learning curve just on its own. I mean, dude, the four pillars you've built, there could be schools for this, for mm. each one of the pillars. Yeah. How do you see the relationship one unfolding in um, events that you might do? Or will you bring in people to talk about relationship and these dynamics as they change? I'll definitely bring in people. Like it's one of what, one of the things that you and I had talked about. And by the way, one of the things I love about, and I, I think any of you who follow Josh, one of the things you'll love about him is you're always you're always very nuanced. Like the idea that you're like, yeah, that worked then, because you know, but I'm not so sure it works now. To me, those are all the questions that we need to be asking. That's the first thing I'll say about that. The second thing I'll say is that um, we have to, for me personally, I used to teach everything. Now what I want to do is bring in individuals because I'm not perfect at these things. Like I'm an expert in uh, maybe health and fitness and teaching. I'm not an expert in that for myself. I could teach that in a university setting, yes. But can I teach finance? Well, I can teach internet business, right, the earning. But I can't teach saving and managing because I'm trying to figure that out myself. I can teach personal relationships because it's something I've studied. But purpose and meaning, that's a little bit tougher because it's very individualized uh, for individuals. But I see these events being, it's kind of like, you know, you and I talked about, you know, doing one together soon. Mm -hmm. I see these things as being centered on, we're going to bring you in and talk about 
mainly finances, but we're going to touch briefly on these other three because this thing doesn't exist by itself. So the event will essentially have some of those elements there, but it'll be mainly finance. Or we're going to focus on mainly personal development, purpose, and meaning. But these other elements are going to be there. The other thing that I think is really interesting is that what I want to do is instead of just lecturing at people, like I told you about the Next Level Man event we did in Cabo, Mexico, where we actually took people out and said, what kind of man is it that you want to be? We had them write honor codes. Mm. And then rather than sit there and talk about it, they had to go out into Cabo, the city, and do what we call fear PRs, where they basically had to uh, go through a series of challenges and gauntlets together as a group. But each person had to be the thing that they said and committed to being in that event. And there's something that happens when you get to see yourself be the thing in the world. Your brain then has to get in alignment very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of these people, it's uh, in psychology research, it's called the as-if principle. So you basically be the thing so that you can become the thing. You don't think the thing. That will work, but it takes much longer. You just start being it, almost like a method actor. So I wanted these events, I would love to have something, or even if it's not my event or your event, somebody doing an event where you actually get to show up and be the thing, not just talk about being the thing. I love this because last year, I think you posted something and I was like, I love this, Jade. And it was, be it until you see it. Don't fake it until you make it. And that hit me hard Yeah, yeah. because I thought, hmm, there's so much truth in that. The, the statement of fake it until you make it, it's starting with the word fake. Yep. So look at the etymology of the words we're using. Yep. Like fake until you make, yeah. that doesn't feel in alignment for me. Yeah. Be until I see, yeah. Because yeah. man, our current reality, if I close my eyes and I continue to visualize and I continue to focus on what it is that I want, it's only a matter of time before that happens. Mm -hmm. Like in 2015, I had a dream of having a podcast. I had a dream of reaching a million people on a podcast. And that has happened. I know, it's crazy. That has happened. It's crazy you got a million downloads. So (laughs) so like that has happened because I put my intention behind it. And you know what? I knew it was possible. Like I knew in my heart it was possible. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to do, I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to learn whatever I need to learn. I'm going to travel. I'm going to, I'm going to experience whatever growth I need to experience to be it until I see it. And here we are seeing it, you know? And so where did you get that from? Because you were the first person I ever heard that said that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it comes, it, I think that's an original thing. If anything's truly original, it's definitely something that I started saying. And the reason yeah. why is because same thing you, something about faking doesn't seem right. And nope. people oftentimes when they hear that, they say, okay, but what's the difference between faking and being? And to me, it's very interesting. You can go through the world and be pretending you're something you are not. Like, let's say... Let's say you're pretending you want to be a health fitness coach, let's say. That's your, that's your thing, right? And you look out there and you see Jade Tita doing something like that or you see Josh Trent doing something like that. And you start emulating everything that they're doing, right? Showing up when the lights are on you, you, you look the part. Yeah. But when the lights are off you, you're out doing anything but. You're watching Netflix reruns. You're, you're snorting doing, cocaine. You're, snorting co- <laughs> you're doing anything but the thing. Yeah. So you're not, that's the difference. Being it is that you wake up and you're living it and you go to bed and you're still living it. It might not be showing up yet, but you love it. You eat, breathe, sleep it. You're reading research. You're doing all the things, even when no one's watching. Faking it is like you're looking out there and trying to duplicate what other people are doing, but you don't feel it, you don't eat it, you don't breathe it, you don't sleep it, you're not living it, right? And that's the difference. 
Yeah. And we have to be careful too, because right now we're in an industry where coaches are coaching coaches to coach coaches on how to coach other coaches. Exactly. It's fucking crazy yep. right now. And I think it's easy for people that have good hearts that want to create impact in the world to fall prey to this coaching model mm -hmm. because they're sold a dream that is, it doesn't matter if you're not certified. It doesn't matter if you're not qualified, just move forward and fake it till you make it. Right. And at some point it's like, hold on, Someone gets to actually unfold the learning and lessons in their specific lane of genius yep. over time, cultivate that experience and knowledge, and then go out and sell a product or a service. How do you feel about this paradigm we're seeing with the coaches that coach coaches that coach other coaches? To me, I go, are you – again, actually, I'll give you some. I won't name names here with people, but um, I've had several friends okay, who have been like, I want to do what you do. Or I want to be in relationship coaching or I want to do. And I, as being a friend and being someone who prides himself on loving and also being honest, I just go, they're like, what do you think? And I go, honestly, I love anyone chasing their dream. And, and I don't actually see you reading books on relationships and going and getting coaching certifications and looking and, and taking your own certifications on conscious relationships or this continued education. That's the difference, right? People who fake it till they make it end up being fakers. People who be it till they see it end up actually being the thing because they would do it for free anyway. So mm -hmm. I have this other construct that I, I think you and I have talked about, but there's this idea of base level human, culture level human, and next level human. Well, a culture level human is someone who does everything they do is based on how they will be seen by the world. So fake it until you make it is a culture level meme. It's basically like I'm going to do it and look like you, even though I may not have any expertise. Mm. That's when you're stuck in culture level. You're still sort of an adolescent in mindset. In order to go to the next phase where, you, where you're talking about to actually be an expert, you have to adapt to the next level mindset where you're like, I'm going to be it until I see it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to educate. I'm going to follow. I'm going to chase. I'm going to do this. And honestly, the, the way it looks to the outside world is secondary. Because sometimes, you and I know, the way it looks to the outside world is, who the hell does this person think they are? It's mm -hmm. the who, do, who does this person think they are effect. So culture-level people quit because they can't stand being seen as anything but successful and wonderful and good. Next-level people are oftentimes out of that. They're oftentimes, they have to go through the phase of being disliked. Actually, talk about Adlerian psychology again. Adler has one of my favorite things. He goes, we humans must develop the courage to be disliked. That is part of our maturity process. That's what gets us out of this culture level construct of the idea of faking because faking is yeah. how it looks to you. Being is how it looks to me. Oh, I love this, man. Because when I get comments on YouTube, I'm actually with the negative stuff, like mm -hmm. the really hurtful stuff. So somebody will say, like just last week, this dude was like, why is a fat guy doing health and fitness uh, content? I've done, and I've gotten the same content. And of I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's a sign that I'm doing the right thing because yep. it affected this person so much. They had to listen. They had to be there. Mm -hmm. They had to write the comment. They had to push enter, and you know they came back around to look at it. Yep. So in my mind, it's like if I'm getting hatred or if I'm getting vitriol, that means I'm on the right path. It's evidence, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. evidence that I'm on the right path. Yep. And I feel like a big part of this for me and for a lot of people is this concept of the flinch. People 
people don't want to share their dreams because they're afraid of the flinch. You know, it's like, oh, if I share my dream, then mm. I might get haters or I might get hurt. But like you said, the, the level of the human, if I'm in that, what was the level of, uh, of it again? Culture level. If I'm in the culture level human, that's a totally different game, mm. right? I, I'm in a certain level of where I am. So can I just be honest of where I am? Yep. Uh, a friend of mine just recently, she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do on my YouTube channel. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, but I know I want to do it. And I was like, great, start with that video. Start with the video of you saying, here's what I'm interested. Here's what I'm passionate about. Here's what I want to create impact in the world for. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Here's my honesty about where I am. That's so inspiring, dude. It's so inspiring compared to if someone says, I'm 21 years old. I'm a certified life coach. I'm a master in NLP and blah, blah, blah. That's not trustable. That's the whole fake it till you make it. This is why I loved asking you about be it till you see it. And and ask yourself this. All of us should ask ourselves this. that, That person who's wanting to put out that video. Are they more concerned with looking like they're influencing the world or actually influencing the world? Because let me, I just want to throw this out at you and get your take on this and all of you listening get your take on this. Because to me, I go, my father, okay, and my older brother, Keone, and, uh, and actually my two older brothers, these people have no social network, no influence. They don't want to be on social networks. But when they interact with people one-on-one, they make a huge impact for people. They look for opportunities to serve people from the person who needs help carrying their groceries to the car to the person in line who they, they share a laugh with to the person in their family who is going through a tough time with finances. These people never, no one is going to ever comment, see, or anything like that on Instagram. Yeah. There versus these other people who are like, I want to influence the world and they're not doing anything on an individual level. And they think influencing the world means I have to have numbers in social media. I go, honestly, if that's really your goal, you start right now with the people in front of you. And yes, you put up the video and you do those things too so you can have a wider reach. But that again is the difference between faking it and being it. Someone Mm. who's really being it is looking for every opportunity to serve their fellow human one-on-one. And they don't care who's watching versus the people who's, I want to put up the video on YouTube just because I want a video channel just so that when people look, they can see I got a video channel and I've got this many views and I've got this many followers. To me, that's a faker. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, because I think it's part of our maturity. It's It's part of the evolution. It's part of the evolution of us. But if you want to get to the next level and, and look at this next level way of being, you need to get out of that adolescent mindset. I look at like base level human humans, they're kind of like children in a sense, right? They, they basically are all about like, gimme, gimme, gimme with no sort of understanding of consequences until one day you steal my Tonka truck. You see me cry, your mirror neurons light up and you give it back and say, oh, that might not have been a cool thing to do. That's how we grow. Then we get into this adolescent phase and we're trying to you know, form teams and tribes and fit in with people. And we want to be, I'm better than you and you're not. And we see this all the time in adults, red versus blue, right? Religious versus non-religious. Yes. Democrat versus Republican. Republican. All this stuff goes on. Those are all culture level constructs. A next level human goes beyond that and just goes, hey, I just want to be the best human I can be with the people right across from me. And guess what? If I so happen, like you and I talk about this a lot, we're incredibly lucky that we get to have people even give a shit what we say or talk about. 
But in the end, we both, and I know this about you and I know this about myself, it's more important to me that I show up with the people who I run into at the server. We just had, you know, lunch to, to treat yeah. them with kindness, yes. to, to leave a good tip, to say hello, to make a difference in people's lives who we run into every day. Again, that's the difference. A next level human is not someone looking for accolades or reciprocation or acknowledgement. They're doing it simply for themselves. This is fascinating to me because I have a firm belief that we've we've touched on in our conversations the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the law of attraction really in another way is the law of reciprocity. Like the law of attraction, the law of reciprocity, they operate in my opinion on the same frequency if mm-hmm. you will. Because if I'm doing something for someone and I don't expect anything back, and I mean really viscerally I don't expect mm-hmm. anything back, law of attraction is eventually going to bring that back to me in some way. Yes. I don't care if you're analytical or if you're spiritual. Like mm-hmm. those are laws that are in place. It's kind of like the law of gravity. You drop something, it's going to fall to the ground. Yep. I firmly believe on what you just said where, you know, your brother was in the store and he was being nice to people. Mm-hmm. You and I are at the restaurant, mm-hmm. we're being nice people. We're not doing that, posting it on Instagram so that we want accolades for being nice. Mm -hmm. We're just doing it because that's what our heart and soul is telling us, is is guiding us to do in that moment. And and Alan Watts talked about this where he said, it takes as long to do it as it does to record it. But then he said, well, who am I to be saying this? Because right now I'm being recorded. Ha ha ha. And it was like this laughter. Mm -hmm. And I love Alan Watts because he was so woke. He's been like one of my best deceased mentors ever. For a long time. For a long time. He's so intelligent, but it's because he understood exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like like there's elements of Alan Watts in your work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else has like shaped you? Who else has helped you create this next level human? Because you've been digging into philosophy for like three years pretty heavy. Alan Watts was, I think, instrumental in me really understanding doubt. Taoism, you know, and you and I talk a lot about Taoism. Yes. He, because he, uh, you know, Taoism is one of those philosophies that's tough to to get a handle on. So people like Alan Watts was, uh, he he helped me understand. He wrote a book in back called The Watercourse Way. I believe that was Alan Watts, and it was instrumental in helping me understand Taoism. But if you want to know the people who I'm most fascinated by, and I want to ask you the same question, yes, the people I'm most fascinated by and have had the most impact on me, and in a sense, it will seem cliche, but hopefully um, I'll explain to you why. But I would say someone like Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, the actor and philosopher and martial artist. So let's just take them just for a minute because then it dovetails into the male conversation. I feel like these two individuals represent the power, presence, and warmth that we were talking about. The yeah. other thing I think they represent is the idea of the next level human. They were both way ahead of their time. It's funny, my dad talks about Muhammad Ali. He goes, Jade, you have to understand, back then, we could not stand Muhammad Ali. Uh, He was just, uh, you know, he was the first athlete talking and doing all this stuff. And over the course of time, he's now one of my dad's heroes. And because he was always on the right side of history, always, you know, a man of his convictions and always, you know, 1,000%. But he also was you know, um, had humor and warmth about him and a playfulness and a fun. And he illustrated all of those, those uh, aspects of things. So believe it or not, some of those iconic individuals are sort of, I follow their lives and their stories, but also of course the, you know, I, I know you and I talk a lot about Stoicism, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. I read a lot of that. And I read a lot of philosophy. Um, Emmanuel Kant is someone I just got introduced to who I really look at. So it's, it's really philosophers and then these monumental next level individuals in 
history. And I'm curious yeah. for you, which one, what, which one sort of speak to you? You know, I, I've been consuming a lot of Alan Watts over the past couple of years specifically. And also too, like I've really dove into just the lectures that are coming through from people like Bruce Lipton. I know you, mm-hmm. you had a phase of your life where you went through a lot of Bruce Lipton. Yep, yep. I've been reading, consuming a lot of Bruce Lipton, just understanding how legitimately emotional trauma resides in our tissues, mm-hmm. in, in the cells. Yep. Also, I've been reading a lot of Joe Dispenza lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Just, just understanding that we can become truly, and I have been, addicted to a thought pattern. Mm-hmm. I mean, just take that context and just really encapsulate it here. If I'm getting a result that I don't want... Am I also creating that result by being addicted to the fact that I don't want the result? And do I get a rush in a way out of thinking in a a certain path? So those two. And then honestly, I've been really loving some of the stuff that have come through around plant medicine, around Dennis McKenna, Terrence McKenna. Which you're teaching me a lot about now. I've been watching a lot of, of Dennis and Terrence McKenna lately. And although he did seem very fringe and kind of out there in his time. I think if, if Terrence McKenna was alive right now, he would be able to share wisdom with a different microphone. In other words, we live in a world of technology and connection and social media. And I think he would have been able to be a lot more powerful if he lived now. Yeah. Um, so I've been consuming a lot of his content recently and, um, you know, my Audible is always filled with like next level human books, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like things that are around um, money. I've been, I've been consuming a lot of Jen Sincero's work. Yeah. Uh, You're a badass yeah, at yeah. making money. I think she is a voice for conscious capitalism, making money from a place of service. Yeah. So those are the people that are in my field right now. Yeah. And I think honestly, man, the, the, the financial conversation, it is such a deep wound. For so many people, like there's a reason that it's one of your core pillars without money. We have no oxygen, literally like the world we've created for one another, Mm -hmm. uh, this capitalistic system, whether you can talk shit about it or not, it allows people to do what we're doing. You know, if we were in communist countries, we wouldn't be on a podcast. Mm -hmm. There'd be some dude behind us wearing a uniform, censoring everything we say. Yeah, it's amazing. But this fourth pillar, man, I'd love to to get down into the weeds with you on this because finance for me has been a constant evolutionary learning curve. It has been like one lesson after another. Sometimes I'm hot. Sometimes I'm cold. I know people feel this. Yeah. Uh, You know, this conversation goes into the fakers and, and beer conversation again, because I think in our industry, especially there are a huge amount of fakers, unfortunately, because money is one of these things that you can peacock with. And this is especially true of men. And so I have taken it upon myself because a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, Jade, you've started a business, you've sold a business, you must be a multimillionaire. I'd like to be 1000% honest with my financial situation just so people, just so, again, it's being it, right? It's just being the authentic self. I have struggled financially as well. I earn really well. But here's what's interesting that people don't understand is that, okay, so we're up here, we're in Brentwood, we're on a roof in my, at my apartment complex in Brentwood. It's How, plush, you guys. It's, it's nice. plush, but here's what people don't understand, right? Yeah. I have debt still. I still got student loans. It's not like I'm sitting there with a million dollars in my bank account, right? That's what people need to understand. I don't, I'm not a millionaire. You know, and in order for me to get to that status, which is a goal of mine for several reasons. Yes, the achievement aspect of it, but because you and I are both passionate about doing good and giving and we both do that. And, and to this me, requires money. And this requires money. The more money I make, the more I good I can do. And so for me, I may have figured out earning 
but I haven't figured out saving and managing. And if I want to continue to live this lifestyle for myself, one, which I do, and two, be able to touch and help other people from family members to the person on the street to anybody, right, to charities, to everything else, I need to make big time money. And so one of the big switches for me coming from a lower middle class sort of background and then sort of um, being able to earn was getting over because you talked about we get stuck in these stories or these thought patterns. Yes. My story was that, you know, people with money were assholes and they were, you know, they were essentially, you know, this idea that, oh, the people with the money, they're taking all our money, that, that there's the haves and the have nots and anyone who has millions of dollars is taking from someone else. And now I look at that completely different. Now I see most of the, the really wealthy people I know are also the most generous people I know. Uh, I know some sort of scumbags too, but sure. most, of, most of them not. But I've changed that story to money's not the root of all evil. Money is actually the root of all good. I can make a huge impact for good with money more than just walking on the street and shaking people's hands. I can make great impact. So I don't know what it, what it is for you. I'd like to hear your, your sort of thoughts on that. But I think that's what it is. Be honest where you are. Know, are you earning well, saving well, managing well? I'm earning really well, saving, no. Managing have not historically been good with that. I need to clean that up so that I can do good in the world with money versus I'm not trying to get rich so I can have, you know, an Aston Martin, although it doesn't mean I won't buy one. Sure. You know what I mean? Because that's part of it as well. But I want lots of money so I can do lots of good and live a plush life. It's both. Man, my sense on money's energy to me is that money is a direct mirror and representation of how honest I'm being about myself and how much I love myself, not from a place of cockiness mm -hmm. or, or boisterousness. If I love myself and I believe in what I'm putting out into the world, that's an energetic statement. Like, I believe that what I'm creating will serve a million people. Yep. I believe what I'm creating will really truly help people where they need it the most. Well, then the universe is going to give me back that same energy. Yep. I'm going to get back what I put out. It might not be in the timeline I want. It might not be right away in a week or a month or even a year. But eventually, and I'm, and I'm feeling this now, like the momentum of money. My money story was that... I even did a talk at Sean Croxton's Mastermind three, three, four years ago, and my talk was Speak Your Truth. Mm -hmm. And at the very beginning of the talk, I was like, hmm, at an early age, based on the work that I've done, I created some beliefs. And these have been like a broken record that have played for a long time. Yeah. And what I found out was that people that make money are out to get me. Money causes pain. That was the big one. The big one for my subconscious was money causes pain. People can't be trusted. Expect the worst to happen. Oh, these, these were three things that yep. from my childhood were super deeply ingrained, like a cattle being prodded, you know, like, like branded. And so I've unpacked these over the past three, four years specifically, and even more in the past two years of plant medicine, which I've shared with you, mm -hmm. like these incredible belief systems that were built on just early childhood trauma. Yeah. You know, and if we're all being really honest here, most people are wounded about money from childhood, which projects and rules their subconscious and conscious life as adults. Yep. We're all ruled by these programs and stories anyways. Mm -hmm. So my story, the old one, was that money causes pain. I mean, think about that. If I believe that money causes pain, I'm going to do everything I can to sabotage myself from acquiring it. Yeah. And so that was my story for a long time. And, and this, even in reading Sincero's book and just hanging out with good friends like you, I see that wealth is a tool for serving people. So who, who am I to not share my gift and to not, I, I'm even feeling the love and the joy about money right now, just talking to you. It's yeah. like, of course I'm calling in money now because I know that money doesn't cause pain. Now, before I used to fake it till I made it. 
There was a time when I'd interview money experts on the show and I'd say, yeah, money's just energy. But I didn't actually feel it yeah. in my body yeah. when I said it. I was just saying it because I thought I, I needed to say it. Yeah. And I think the final, so there, there's a whole idea, if I was going to break down money for people the way I see it, it's just what you said. The first thing is changing those underlying stories. For some reason, I don't know why people don't get that. We certainly understand that if our parents had a bad relationship, we may end up bringing some of that into our romantic relationships. It's exactly the same <laughs> with money. Yeah, it's exactly, people for some reason get, that we, we get that and that's a no duh, but we, for some reason we forget that uh, money's the same way. If we have a bad relationship in our, and come up with bad relationships or lack or beliefs about money, we will carry those forward too. So getting over those beliefs and then there's two other things that you have to do. The next piece is you have to ask for it, which is, I imagine, tough for people like you and me and a mm-hmm. lot of people who mm-hmm. are, because as teachers and if people who want to make a difference and want to help, one of the ruts that we get into, all of us, is we go, well, I'm the helper. I don't, I'm not the person who needs help. I'm the helper. And just like a teacher has to be a student first, if you want to make money, and help people, you have to take help as well. So you have to be able to ask for money. How many people have problems like asking for a raise or asking for any help or taking any help from people? I know it seems weird, but that, again, is a block to money. Jade, think what you just said is so powerful, man, because mm-hmm. think about when people um, receive compliments or push them away. It's, it's same the same thing. thing. So yep. I'm in a relationship or a friendship and I go, you know what? Your, your dress looks beautiful today. I'm mm-hmm. so happy to be around you. Like you give me such great energy. You look mm-hmm. amazing today. And, and so she or he might say, oh, really? Like they don't receive the compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's a, a, a complete connected paradigm with people that can't receive compliments yep. and also can't receive money yep. and can't receive help. It's it's almost really if we break it down, man, don't you think this is truly at the bedrock about belief in oneself and self-worthiness? Yes, absolutely I do. That's what this is all about. It's fractalized, yep. but at the yep. core of it, like that's kind of the paradigm that's shifting or not shifting. And we can have the same conversation in all four jobs, health and fitness, personal relationship, finance, and purpose and meaning. It's all the same thing. With money in particular, it is very telling. Like we just went to we just went to lunch, right? So let's say you pick up the tab or I pick up the tab. How many people do you know like, oh, no, 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 right? Versus just be like, you know what? I so appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's as simple as that as you come around money. I just signed my first employee agreement. I haven't been an employee in forever. And I asked, they said, what do you want? I'm like, this is what I need. And I got it, right? But I would never have gotten it. They're not going to volunteer, by the way. No one, nobody, very rarely is someone going to be like, I'm going to give you exactly what you're worth. Because they don't know, right? They're, they're looking at you from the outside. You have to be the one that says, wait, here is what I'm worth. If you want to work backwards from there, that's fine, but you have to ask. And then I'm on the third stage of managing money. I've been able to, I've always, I've got the earning down and the, the money story. I've now began to learn to ask and accept and get that dynamic down. And the last piece is just the skills required, the wisdom around money. What is the best way to save? How to set up SEP IRAs? How to, you know, should I put my money in a 401k? Should I invest in these particular stocks? Should I put money aside for an investment in a new business? All of those. How should I structure my income? What should I do with a savings account? Like all that's the next stage. So we need all three of those for money. But to your point, it is self-worth in all of these areas. It is as we grow in maturity, we oftentimes will grow in these areas automatically, but not always because we have to be conscious about it. I have this 
explanation of intelligence because on Wellness Forest, Jade, like we always talk about, we're all discovering this physical and emotional intelligence together. And I feel like when it comes to intelligence, and people have heard me say this before, but it, it exactly relates to where we are, there's a gathering phase. This is where like we go to school, we, we go to the courses, we get the PDFs, we mm-hmm. get the books. Like so many people have libraries full of books and certifications. And then after the, the gathering phase, there's the application. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to try these certain periodization tables. I'm going to do the workout uh, programs. I'm going to try the food. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to my partner. I'm going to be, quote, vulnerable. I'm mm-hmm. going to learn what that decision-making faculty is around being vulnerable. And then the third phase, which we all don't even need to explain. We just feel it when we're around certain people, is the embodiment phase. Yep. You know, uh, the gather, the apply, the embody, we're all on our way to embodiment or not. And I think sometimes people will sabotage themselves to getting to embodiment because there's a lack of self-worth or something missing that even though they've gathered, gathered and they've applied to make that transition, to make that really, it's, it's a leap of, it's not a leap of faith, but it's a leap of something. Mm-hmm. It's like a leap of belief that one is worthy and one is loved. Yep. I think what happens in the gathering and the application phase is people tend to get stuck. Yeah. They get stuck in, well, I just need one more cert. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, lo- I mean, I've, I've, I was there before I just pulled the trigger last week to go, you know what? I'm coming out with the breathwork.io. I'm coming out with the course. Yes. I don't need to be perfect anymore. Mm-hmm. Every lesson that I speak about is a lesson that I'm potentially learning myself. Yeah. I, think, I think we're all like that. Um, what do you think about intelligence though? Like it's not about people being smart. Yeah. You know, what does intelligence mean to you? No, I love, I love the framework you just broke down. I, I love that framework. I'll probably steal it from you. It's really, really well, we're good. Gonna, one, we're going to borrow from one another. Exactly. Man. And, and one yeah. of the, one of the things I'll say about that is, okay, so I agree on everything you said. So I won't add necessarily to the intelligence because I do think it's that it's, you know, well, real quick, it's like, okay, information, and then turning information into usable stuff is knowledge, right? And then the practical application of that knowledge in the real world with experience is wisdom. And so I do think when I look at knowledge and information, I think it's a trajectory to wisdom. But then I think you get to the place where you talked about, and I'll give you another distinction I've made, because I do think distinctions matter. The reason people get stuck is because when you talk about the leap, right, what we're this is what we do, and this is partly how ideas evolve. We have this belief that leap in the net will appear. At least that's, it's not actually, I don't think it's a belief, but I think it's just a saying, and people understand, and just hear me out on this because I think people will, will resist me because they've heard this over and over again, and they probably agree with that statement. I adamantly disagree with that statement. Here's why. Leap in the net will appear. We all know and can point to one, two, three examples with ourselves of other people we know where the, we left or they left and the net never did appear. <laughs> yeah, they right? ate shit. And therefore, we, we go, oh, leap in the net will appear. It sounds good. It makes a good meme. But the truth of the matter is a lot of times when you leap, you're going to bust your ass and it's going to be a disaster. So I say let's amend that and say leap and weave the net as we fall. That's essentially what we're doing, right? That's the whole thing where it's like that is the distinction. So when we, when we have these sayings, another one saying that, again, I know people will get mad at me with this one as well, but I just say just try it on. I'm not saying, yeah, and maybe I'm wrong, but just try it on. The other one is everything happens for a reason. Mm. I go, no, things happen and you make a reason. Everything, you know, right? Because think about it. If, if you say everything happens for a reason, that basically puts everything out of your control. So no wonder you feel anxious. You're hoping, like, well, I'll wait my whole life to figure out why that happened for a reason. So to me, I think 
Those distinctions keep us stuck. It's not leap and the net will appear. It's leap and weave the net as you fall. It's not everything happens for a reason. It's things happen and you make a reason. And these stories that we're telling ourselves are a lot of what keeps us stuck. So with you, with your course that you're going to launch, right? And I went through this as well. The best thing that we would teach people now is I would just be like, you need to pull the trigger. It's not aim you know, ready, fire, aim, or whatever. It's already aim, fire. It's ready, fire, aim, right? So people go, okay, ready, 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 aim, 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 and then finally they fire. When I say no, it's fire, aim, 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 Now you're ready. Yes. You know, that's how it really works. And I have this sense too that like when it comes to wanting to aim perfectly, that's actually the ego trying to stop somebody from getting hurt or being seen as not perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. How much of the perfection paradigm holds people back from ever having their dreams fulfilled? I mean, that's probably one of the biggest fucking sabotage units of the ego yep. that's out there. Perfection is a cultural level human construct. Next level humans don't think about perfection because they know it doesn't exist. Only cultural level humans do that. So again, we talk about faking it versus being it. Perfection is a faking it mindset. People who are being it know that that is messy, sloppy, imperfect. Yeah. And honestly, man, I don't want to be perfect anymore. Like, I don't care about being famous or known. I was having a conversation with somebody last week and um, they were like, so what's your dream? And I said, my ultimate dream is to reach 1 million people a month because I trust that if I'm reaching a million people a month, then I know that the universe is going to give me everything back in surplus of what I need. And they were like, oh, so you want to have like a bunch of followers and you want to have all this like attention on you. And I was like, nope. I could give a shit about people knowing who I am or, or being on some pedestal. All I really want is just to have meaning in my life mm-hmm. and to know when I leave the planet that I left something that my children or that some people are going to carry on. Because you know what, dude? If there's not people like you, Jade, if there's not someone like me that just wants to leave some kind of a seed that's going to grow into something that actually serves people, the darkness will take over. I mean, we're in the fucking devil's playground here, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of negativity in this world. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people see people that want to be of service or that want to be a next level human as being cocky or self-righteous or self-serving. But it's just because that's the vibration that they're looking at it from. Yeah. It's a totally different vantage point for them. I'll share something with you that's really interesting. And I'm embarrassed to share it in one sense. And I also just want to share it because it makes sense. Cultural level individuals, when I was mostly in culture level, I would see maybe Josh on, not you, but like someone on YouTube doing their thing. And I'd, I'd get this, just and check in with yourself, because I think we all get this. It's very human. I'd get this thing about who the hell they think they are. I'd get this hit like, oh, they think they're cocky or they think they're somebody, or and it would get under my skin in a mm-hmm. sense. That's because I was coming at it from a very cultural level, adolescent standpoint. Do you know that I honestly can proudly say now I simply do not feel that anymore? I see somebody on YouTube, on Instagram, anyone out there trying to speak and serve and I am just like, damn, good for you. Go do your thing. And then at the yeah. same time, I'm like, you know, I will offer any assistance I can and I will am willing to teach and learn anywhere I can because I do agree there is something that happens with some people where they get stuck and don't want to perfect their craft and become true experts. But again, those are fakers. Those are people who just want to look the part, not actually be the part. But I am so supportive now. I just don't get that. I don't get that hater vibe in me at all anymore. And when I see other haters doing that, 
I just go, it's just the level of human they're at. They're just still in that adolescent mindset. Well, man, I'd like to stack on what you just said, because I think there was a part of me that used to judge people that were putting out content as well. Mm -hmm. And actually, if I'm being even more honest, it's because there was that part of myself that didn't want to be judged by me. Mm -hmm. If I were to put out the video or the content that I didn't think was perfect, aka the person I was judging for doing it, I mean, that's probably the top reason why I haven't put out more or why I haven't put out what I really want to because the judger in myself was judging me for ever wanting to create it. I mean, that's, that's real shit. It's, it's real shit and it's good shit. And I've, I've had the same experience and it's nothing more than growing past the base level into the culture level into the next level. Now, of course, we're all three of these, right? But it's like, where are you operating mostly from? You're, you, you know, I think you and I have moved maybe more into the operation of the next level. It has been years since I have hated anyone doing anything online or gotten annoyed or thought someone was going to steal my ideas or any of that dumbass shit that culture level people do. (laughs) Now I just go, I love doing what I do. I feel lucky as shit to do it. And I'm super excited. You're doing it too. Go get it. Go get it. Yeah. You know, go get it. All right. Who is joining us for this Next Level Human event? Yeah. Because this show is going to come out months before the event. Yeah, yeah. The event's going to be at the end of October. Yeah, we're going to put it on end of October. should be in the North Carolina mountains is where we're going to be. Josh is going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching there. And it's going to be one of these events that is, again, an experiential type of an, of an event. You're going to be out and about most of the day. It's not going to be sitting in the thing thinking and processing and this kind of stuff. It's going to be out Walking, putting yourself under some pretty strenuous sort of uh, situations. What are the situations so, so people know? Yeah, so imagine imagine fasting most of the day while hiking the Camino de Santiago Trail. I did that trail in Portugal. We were doing 17 to 20-hour days of walking, and we were feeding ourselves at that time. This is going to be more fasted walking, which puts you in this very sort of interesting mental, emotional space coupled with um, deep insight-based uh, group coaching experience. In you know, any of you who've done landmark education or Hoffman education or gratitude training or any of these kind of things, have an idea of what the sort of event might look like when we're in, in sort of session, but then we'll be out processing and interacting uh, with the world on this sort of long hike through the mountains. And we're going to add in a breathwork component, mm-hmm. a mindfulness component. There may be some business development for people that want to have their dream progress. We're going to be talking about the four jobs, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we'll be covering all those. That will be what we're doing in the session. And what you'll learn is you'll learn which of these four areas, finance, personal development, purpose, meaning, slash, personal relationships, slash, health and fitness, which of these are most uh, in need of being bolstered for me. And you will get that insight very clearly, as well as uh, some of the insight around how to change that, how to begin being the thing and move out of this sort of culture level sort of way of being into this more next level way of being. And, and, and just to remember, because I know, again, it's not a better than thing. That's the reason it's called next level, not higher level. Higher level is like, I'm better than you. Next level is like, I got some key signature strengths that I bring to the world that I can teach you. Just like you have some key signature strengths that you can teach me. That's the difference. Mm, I'm so stoked for this event. So if you're listening and and you felt like Jade has touched on something or I've touched on something that excited you, like just trust that. Just go with that curiosity because that's what's going to bring you to the event. Jade, 
Thank you so much for being my friend, man, my philosopher, a mentor, somebody I've looked up to for some time now. And, and it feels really cool to be able to create with you because it's evidence for me that I've grown and progressed myself, man. So yeah, thank you. It's funny, thank right? you so much. Yeah, man, my pleasure. And it's funny mm-hmm. because I'll say this final thing. You have now become, right? So you, the, I'm flattered you see me that way, but you have also become a mentor and a teacher and someone who inspires and motivates me as well. And that is, that is again, the whole next level process. You know, it's like that we can learn, teach, love from each other rather yeah. than it's just I'm always the teacher or you're always the teacher. But thank you as well, my friend. Yeah. Nextlevelhuman.com, jtita.com. They go to the same place and you're active as shit on Instagram. You're <laughs> you're always on IG, man. So if you want to connect with Jade, hit him up on Instagram. Fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe both. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, bro. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteeing to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.